0: DJ PK, it's time to welcome in Josh Newman, Utes beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. So secret, Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Josh, good morning. How are we doing, guys? We're doing well. You ready to take one deep breath and just dive into the season?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, it's that time of year. We, you know, we, uh, we got through that kind of gray area, right, between spring ball uh, and the start of camp, right, May, June, July, kind of a uh, usually a slow time. It's not so slow anymore with the transfer portal and recruiting still. But, uh, yeah, it feels good to be here and to uh, and to finally get camp going.
2: That's a shame. You know, way back when, when we started this radio show, which was a long time ago, used to be able to watch all the fall training camp practices and then they limited they limited it to like the last 30 minutes and then 20. Now zero. <laughs> so uh, you can't get to see anything which sucks because they should have a quarterback battle going on and that's when training camp whenever practices are available to be viewed is the most interesting when they do have something and Kyle spoke last week about Cam Rising being at 95%, feeling he can get to 100% through the course of training camp. So, as far as it stands right now, how are you handicapping this particular race between these two guys with Brewer and Rising at quarterback?
1: I don't really want to assume anything. I mean, I I, I myself was guilty of assuming things last year, yeah. right? When it was Jake right. Bentley right. the SEC pedigree and the resume. so. Yep. I don't want to assume anything. What I will say is, and I've written this before, I think it's going to be very hard for Ryzen to win the job, only because he's coming off major surgery to a strong shoulder. You know, Kyle's saying 95%. He told me at Pac-12 media day that Ryzen was fully cleared, no limitations, but his arm strength is not fully back. So you know, read between the lines, try to glean something from what Kyle said there. I think it's going to be hard for Rodgers to win the job. That is what I'm thinking going into camp tomorrow.
0: More intrigued by the battle at quarterback or more intrigued by the battle at running back, given how much you know Kyle likes to run the ball?
1: Probably quarterback, just because, um, look, not to say that Kyle and Utah have not had very good quarterbacks in the past because they have, but I don't think that Kyle has ever had somebody like Brewer at his disposal, you know. Um, an older guy, you know, 44 career games in the Big 12 at the Power 5 level, uh, 9,700 passing yards, 65 touchdowns, you know, played in a Big 12 title game, played in a Sugar Bowl. So, yeah, you know, it might be cliche, but, yeah, the quarterback competition, to me, is the most intriguing part of camp just because Kyle has never had a, a guy like Brewer uh, at, at his disposal, quite frankly.
2: How much do you buy any validity to the argument? Yeah, he threw for a ton of yards, but it's the Big Twelve. They don't play any defense.
1: I I, I put a lot of stock into that. Just because, you know, not only the yardage and the touchdowns in the Big Twelve. You know, the kid is coming from a serious quarterback pedigree. Right, his his older brother, you know, was a Power Five quarterback. His father famously walked on at Texas, was the MVP of the Cotton Bowl back in 1982. Uh, his grandfather was the quarterback at Texas. So, yeah, I take a lot of stock into what Brewer has done at quarterback. And it, it, it's not strictly the stats. It's not strictly the yardage. Uh, I think the pedigree that he's coming from you know, also plays a role into this whole thing.
0: So do you think because of that they're really going to cut loose and throw the ball? Because I think there are plenty of Ute fans reading you, listening to us we are thinking Kyle's going to do Kyle here and <laughs> they're going to run the ball?
1: It's a great question. It's a great question. I think that's, uh, I think that's a key kind of uh, big-picture, overarching storyline is that how does, how does Kyle operate here? How does Andy Ludwig operate? As you just alluded to, look, Kyle's DNA forever is run the ball, play defense, control the clock. And that has served Kyle well over the years, again, he has never had a a guy like Brewer at his disposal. So, you know, does Kyle go outside his DNA? Uh, Andy Ludwig has said publicly for a long time that he will work his offense to, you know, he will will manage his offense based on the personnel that he has. Okay, well, you know, if Brewer wins the job, his personnel is including a, a guy that can swing the ball all over the place. I think that's a great question. Uh, I think that's going to be an important thing to look at because if they allow Brewer to, you know, kind of sling it all over the place, Utah becomes a a little more dangerous. But, again, Kyle needs to kind of go outside himself and allow himself to to let Brewer do that.
2: Yeah, and when you say throw all over the place, as someone who's watched uh, Utah football for almost three decades, I, I have to admit I had a little heart palpitations there. Uh, with them being able to do, just not necessarily being able, but be more willing than able, because you know I do have some doubts about them being able, but I have far more doubts about them being willing because he's built a great run uh, on what well, we know, as you say, the the defense and all that stuff, and it's been very very successful, so. I guess I'll uh, to sort of take a wait-and-see attitude. But I was intrigued by, you know, when Brewers coming in with a whole lot of credentials, more so than they've had a few transfers over the years, certainly more than any transfer has had, and maybe more than any quarterback, certainly since they've been in the Pac-12, has had. Uh, so I'm expecting decent things from him. But I'm wondering on the other end, as far as the receiving, you know, if Covey can stay healthy, he's a player. But injuries have uh, beguiled him the last couple of years, you know, and he's not big and we all know that and talked to him last week and he talking about finding ways to keep himself healthy so best of luck to him because we'd all love to see it but you know they lose Nakua and Thompson and they weren't like all pro receivers and I know I'm using an NFL phrase but they were very good and so they're gone and they got this Howard kid who I didn't see much when he was at Oklahoma but I watched a lot when he was with the Bruins there in Westwood so I'm wondering if he can be a go-to type guy, or do you think there's somebody else that can come close to getting a thousand yards receiving?
1: Yeah, no, and that's a you know that's a fair point. I think you know, and I'm pretty sure I've written this too and talked about. it. I think the the biggest question mark in terms of you know depth or options, I I do think is wide receiver. And yeah, you know, it probably hasn't been talked about enough, but yeah, Britton Covey has had. A bunch of injury stuff in the last couple of years. Uh, can he stay healthy? Uh, can he go a full twelve games? Because he's very important to what to what Utah wants to do on offense. Um, you know, you start looking beyond Covey. Um, can Devon Bellay finally break through? Right? He had, you know, he had the big spring game. Uh, he he played well during spring practice. Covey talked him up during Pac twelve media day. Uh, Jalen Dixon is back in the in the fold. Uh, hasn't played football in a year. He was a proven commodity. When he was first year, but again, hasn't played football for a year, hasn't been hit for a year. Can he get back to what he was? Uh, Theo Howard, as you said, very good player at um, at UCLA. Transferred to Oklahoma. He's had some injury stuff. Um, you know, there's a transfer from USC in the mix. So, you know, that's a that's a big question mark. Yeah, maybe Brewer's a guy. Maybe he can sling it all over the place. But do they have enough at the receiver spot to? To get it done. Also, look, this is Utah. You're going to be throwing it to Brandt Peasey, and Cole Fatherhan going to be in the mix. So, um, a lot of intrigue there around the wide receiver. Again, I think that's the, uh, I think that's the biggest question mark on a team that really doesn't have a ton of depth issues at, at really any spot on the field.
0: So the running back competition is uh, is crazy. Guys are coming from everywhere. You've got transfers. You have got Curry from LSU and Pledger from Oklahoma. You've got Bernard, who's been inside the program. You've got Parks coming from Florida. So how do you handicap this as these four guys come together? And all, all can make their case to a degree and pique fans' interest to a degree, but you can't feature four guys. It's got to sort itself out here somehow.
1: No, nope, can't feature four guys. Uh, Kyle's been pretty consistent over the last few months. He'd be going back to spring ball that uh, it's going to be running back by committee at least to start, right? You know, look, if you think back to last season, it was kind of the same deal. You had a bunch of options with, you know, Ty Jordan just coming in, and Jordan Wilmore, and Devin Brumfield, and Mackay Bernard, and for a while there, they went running back by committee. And then, as we all know, Ty Jordan kind of, you know, took the position over and and turned into a force of nature. And I think it's going to be the same thing going into this season. You know, you've got Mackay Bernard and Chris Curry and T.J. Pleasure, Tavion Thomas was a late Juco get. So I think at first year, you're going to see, you know, a committee situation, three guys, four guys in the mix. If you want to handicap who is the starting running back, technically, in the opener on September 2nd, I think Makai Bernard has has grown enough here, has done enough good things. He's been in the program. If you're handicapping that right now on paper with camp starting tomorrow, I would say Makai Bernard is in line to get the first nab at running back.
2: I've learned through the years and talking to Coach Whittingham that if he pumps somebody up, particularly on defense, uh, during either the training camp in the spring or early in the training camp in uh, August, that the player is probably going to be really good. And he did that last year with Nate Ritchie. Now Nate's gone on his mission. Who do you think is going to replace him? Because that's probably about the only... Serious question as far as starting goes that I have defensively.
1: So I thought that, yeah, I I, I thought that that situation of safety with, you know, with Nate Ritchie on his mission and RJ Hubert at best probably limited after injuring himself again. I thought that safety spot was going to be easy because, you know, they bring in Brandon McKinney, a safety transfer from the University of Washington. And yeah, you know, you, you look at McKinney. He slides in, you know, to the spot that Richie left. But then Kyle, you know, said publicly a couple of weeks ago that, you know, one of the, at least in his mind, one of the big question marks is what to do with safety. So yeah. that leads me to believe, you know, is McKinney not going to easily slide into that spot? Has somebody inside the program with maybe a year experience, two years experience, has somebody stepped up? So, you know, I, I thought it was going to be easy with McKinney, uh, maybe not so easy. To, Based on what Kyle had said here recently,
0: so looking at the rosters and not knowing where to go and what you, and building off what you just said, you know they don't bring in a lot of JC guys. So I wonder when they do that, what they see and why. And Vontae Davis from Blinn College uh, and Jordan McMillan transferred from USC. Have you heard anything about either of those guys, or is it really a mystery?
1: It's a, I mean it's not so much a mystery. I mean Vontae Davis was probably One of, if not the most pleasant surprise on a defense going into last season, that had a lot of question marks. You had a lot of, look, we remember that the 2019 defense, specifically the secondary, sent the whole group to the NFL. So you had a whole bunch of questions on what the secondary would look like. Vontae Davis was a program guy, had been in the program for a little while, but hadn't really had the opportunity to play a ton because, again, he was playing behind a bunch of NFL guys. So Vontae Davis steps in, and he was very, very good last season. Like you know, one of if not the most pleasant surprise on that defense. I think Vontae Davis is it, it is going to have a big year. Um, I think those five games that everybody played last year during, during COVID were uh, you know were critical to maturation, critical to development. Uh, and now you're in a position where yeah, Kyle and Morgan Scally they they trust Vontae Davis. I, I think that kid is is definitely in line is definitely in line to do something significant this
2: season. Yeah, I view Vontae Davis in a way. Maybe it's too much of an expectation, as I did Terrell Burgess. Burgess, program guy, uh, could have probably gone someplace else and played earlier, stuck it out, stuck it out, gets his shot. And I just saw the other day, man, that – what's he, he? I think he's with the Rams, right? And that yeah. they they were just and he got injured last year, but they were saying, man, so far and it's just a few days, but he was one of the looking great in camp. So I don't know that Davis is going to play in the NFL, but the point being, they have a history of guys who stick with it, developing guys, and he very well could be the latest guy as far as uh, the secondary to not necessarily come out of nowhere, but play well and get himself in the NFL. We'll see that uh, what that is about as the season develops. As far as the other spots, I think they're solid up front. Linebacking position is an interesting position to me, and I know they got Sewell and Lloyd, and I can make a case that Lloyd's the, might even be defensive player of the year in the conference, who knows, because he's that good. But I like that they've built up some depth there that they can really use this year in reserve, but also going forward, because it looks like they got a little bit of assembly line at linebacker going forward even beyond this season.
1: Yeah, linebacker is an interesting spot. Specifically, look, um, Ethan Calvert is one of their it is one of their top recruits from this most recent cycle, right? Um, kid from California, top seventy five re- recruit nationally. Uh, Staff really likes that kid. He can go end to end, side to side. I'm curious to see um, if he can break through and, and and really find a role at linebacker immediately. As you said, look, Devin Lloyd is potentially a first-round type of talent. Nephi Sewell was all Pac-12 last season. but And then you have a kid like Calvert coming in, You know, again, with the pedigree and the hype. Freshman kid, four-star, highly rated. Very curious to see um, if and how he can kind of break through with Lloyd and Sewell getting, uh, getting most of the attention at that position.
0: Why carry so many linebackers when Kyle has said they're basically, you know, 70%, 80% of the snaps are going to be two linebackers on the field. It's evolved into a 4-2-5 just because of the way receivers line up in this conference. So why so committed to bringing in so many linebackers?
1: Look, you've got to have depth. You have to be, you know, preparing young guys to, to step in. I mean, look, Devin Lloyd technically has the option to return again in 2022. He's probably not going to. He's probably going to the NFL. Uh, who knows what Nephi Sewell decides to do. So if you want to hit the ground running beyond this season, right? We'll play 2021, you know, your linebacking core, your defense. It is what it is now. If guys choose to leave, if guys choose to transfer, you want to hit the ground running once January comes, once spring ball comes. And that's important to keep, you know, recruiting that position hard. Uh, and they've done that. You know, they've, you know, there's a, look, there's a premium on, Four star guys, uh, guys that you believe can come into your program and make an impact right away. And Utah, you know, this isn't a new thing, right? Utah recruiting defense hard, not just the four star guys, but identifying, you know, three stars or anybody that you think is a fit for your system. Utah has done that continually, uh, and this latest recruiting class um, is really no different.
2: Preseason poll, particularly in the South, about what you expected?
1: It is. It is. Uh, USC is the prohibitive favorite uh, to win the South Division based on the 40 media members that voted in that Pac-12 poll, of which I was one. Uh, Full disclosure, uh, I did vote Utah to win the South Division. I just think they're better than USC. I I I think Utah has uh, more depth and more positions. Um, I think coaching continuity is super important. Kyle's been here forever. Andy Ludwig is still the O.C., Morgan Scalley is still the D.C. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Utah is better than USC, but we're going to find out October ninth when they go to the Coliseum exactly what's wide. What. You know that you can circle that one. That's um, that's a season builder. Yeah, if Utah can if Utah can walk into Southern California and finally beat USC at USC. Do
0: you think both teams are going to be undefeated going into that?
1: Great question. Um, Utah should be. Um, Utah's going to be the betting favorite against Weber and against BYU and at San Diego State and at Washington State. Utah should be 4-0 going into the Coliseum. And quite frankly, so should USC. So if they're both 4-0, both are presumably ranked. That is a just a colossal game, colossal early season South Division game. And that stretch for Utah where you're at the Coliseum on October 9th, you're home for Arizona State. On October 16th, if you go to bed on October 16th and you are five and zero, having beaten USC, having beaten Arizona State, the complexion of your of your season starts to look very very different. You can start as a fan. You can start dreaming about some things if you're five and zero on October 16th.
0: We'll leave it right there, Josh. We appreciate the time. We'll keep reading you in the Salt Lake Tribune and uh, following you on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk to you again later this season. Great to
1: talk to you guys. Thanks for having
0: me. Yep, Josh Newman, youth beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want Bama! (laughs) You can start dreaming, baby. You want Bama in the semis or the final? Who gives a crap, man? (laughs) <laughs> those are details, DJ. Don't get caught up in details. <laughs> if they're five and zero, why not?
2: You know, if fairly substantial, if but say, this is August. <laughs> <laughs> dream big, baby. Yeah. yeah, dream now. When can you? Yeah. If I'm all three of those teams, why not dream five and zero? I don't know who has
0: buys if they're all playing five games at that yeah, point. Yeah, I wasn't going to get into that. that yeah. <laughs> there is some wiggle room in there, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. But Utah actually, SC is their fifth game. Right. So 5-0 and oh for SC, 6-0 and oh for right. ASU. I know. Uh, so if you, all three
2: of those teams, if you are at that point, and particularly, for, I'd have to look at SC's and ASU's schedule. I don't know it off the top of my head. But if you if you're Utah and you already beat the presumed top two challengers, To that South,
0: they would be in a position to dream even more. Right, exactly. The USC-Arizona State game is the uh, first week in November. So So they they they, won't have that under their belt. They could presumably have a big hurdle to go. Well, they would. As opposed to the... the, Well, assuming the other one didn't fall apart, wiped out by injuries. Uh, But the Utes, though, would have the top two... Yeah, yeah. They'd have the tiebreakers. They'd be 6-0. and oh. yeah, It I might not it. be one game up. Maybe somebody got beaten. They're two games up. You don't know. So, yeah, that would be awesome. And you'd fans would be And game day crazy. just decides we're going to just do all of November <laughs>
2: in Salt Lake. We're not even going to move. Even away games we will just still do it here.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> if we're dreaming, what the freak? Why not? Game day will come to the Pac-12 one time all year, possibly. That's it. <laughs> Two? That's crazy. Why would we do that?
2: Well, we'll see what SC does. If the if the if the Devils and Trojans should be undefeated in November, yeah. But I mean, you're getting way 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 ahead ahead of yourself. yourself, Yes. Why not dream (laughs) for the Pac-12's sake? It would be awesome, especially in the new commissioner's first year. That's all it took was a new commissioner. Hey, man, (laughs) we got this.
0: We of like, I Scott. did it. Larry's got to be like, You guys couldn't get that ironed out. there and yeah. make me look Oklahoma good? Oklahoma and uh, Texas will change their mind and wait come a minute, come west. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. A lot of NBA free agent signings. Who made the biggest splash? Who do you have confidence in now? And what next? I think the fact that the Jazz signed Conley and signed him for uh, three years means something. I think the whole logic that was applied to Conley now needs to be applied to Joe Ingles, to Boyan Bogdanovich, to Clarkson right down the roster. And what does that mean? Uh, I would think Ingles is up on deck next, not just from the Olympic sense. We can get to that. But also just because of his contract status. And we will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The update from Tokyo brought to you by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Eric Pincus, NBA capologist and writer for Bleacher Report, Basketball Insiders, and NBA TV is going to join us coming up at 930. PK, I want to run this theory by him. I'll run it by you. Just in case I'm putting Hawaii in the Pac-12 and I need to be put back in my place. Part of the reason that the Jazz had to re-up Conley, and they did, he gets his three years and his $72.5 million, is if they hadn't signed him, they would have lost the money. And now, for the next four years, uh, five of Donovan were opt-in, they are giving Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell so much money that they are probably going to be over the cap and into the luxury tax. Maybe they'll dip out of the luxury tax briefly and quickly. But because of that, anybody who's a free agent that, they, that is getting ready, if they leave, they, they're just going to lose that money. They're not going to be able to respend it, except to use it to sign their own guys. So that means, as a guy gets into his last year, you either have to give him another deal or trade him, because you don't want to let him walk because you lose that money. Now, Ingalls is the guy who's now going into the last year of his deal. And there's plenty of rumors and speculation. Some of it was out there yesterday, but it seems like they either have to there's four options here. Trade him now, trade him at the deadline, re-up him, or let him walk. So it seems like something's gonna have to something's gotta happen here with Ingalls. Well, I mean, for the same let play reason. To, Conley? So let it play out and then re-up him. And, yeah,
2: well, how do you know that Joey wants to continue?
0: I don't. There are many questions. I mean, he hasn't been home for two years. Right. His kids are growing up. COVID when went. kids, what, that matters. Yeah. When he says uh, COVID, or when he says he hasn't been home, the COVID's kept him here in the summer. So instead of going back to Australia for three months or whatever, I mean, here the season just ended, and he went to the Olympics, and they're into the semis this morning. Right. So, sure, yeah, I mean,
2: that that's approaching, but let's see what he's got this season. He's thirty-four years old. I mean, t- everything's on the on the table, but it's not on the table now. That, that that's a ways off.
0: Well, it could be on the table now. But you're right. It could be a ways off. It could be a year off and now, they're trying to re-up Why would extend him. him now? There's no point in doing that. This is a business they, year. Yeah, they, they extended him last time. Now, I realize every year it's a year older. I mean, he's 33 now and right. he's going to turn 34 in October just as the season starts or just before Right, October
2: 2nd. Well, there's no need to be making that, that decision. That, that That's on the back burner. That'll take care of itself. As far as that goes, I mean, I have Joe may may call it a career, may think, man, I would, just, especially if they win it all. I mean, he's a foreign guy.
0: That puts a wrinkle in it.
2: Yeah, and I remember Jim Boylan sitting over at the old studio when we were at KFan. Came in one morning and said, "Foreign guys always have the option of going home, and a lot of them have, at some point take it." So I don't know. I have no idea what he's thinking. He may figure I'm going to squeeze this out a few more years. I'm having the time of my life. And I still got Mitchell under contract and Rudy's under contract. And let the debate begin with Mitchell a few years from now. But that's not going to affect me because my timing on the timeline, that's nothing I need to worry about. All I know is that I can sign another two or three-year deal and Mitchell will be under contract and he'll be 25, 26, 27. So he'll be really good. Which, in turn, will be really good. So why would I walk away from that? And the way Joe did it, he didn't even put himself out on the market, basically. The Jazz offered, that's plenty of money for me. Boom, I'm good. Yep. No tour. Called everybody else and canceled the tour. And he could have done that. So the guy's a down-home dude from every indication. I mean, you never really, really know... Uh, we're not behind closed doors with him, but from what I know of him and having conversations with him plenty over the years, he seems authentic to what uh, the way he presents himself. So he may say, guys, I- I'm fine here. Just re sign me for, I'll even maybe take a little less. I don't know, whatever, whatever it might be. And because I just love it here, and my wife and my kid, and I've got uh, my son into the. Uh, Autistic programs, blah, 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 which is super important and his wife is a member of the community She serves on some governor's committee for something, right? So they've ingratiated themselves. It's really a phenomenal story It's almost like a Hollywood-esque uh, The way this kid Who
0: would script this yeah,
2: out would be yeah. uh, a cut and his wife's flying or fiance's flying across the world to go join him with the Clippers uh, She lands. Oh, we're going to Utah. Huh? <laughs> and he's thought to be angles or uh, exum's uh countryman and so uh he's here to, here to hold dante's hand big and, brother for this right. young phenom who never developed into a phenom and Meanwhile, joe Ingles is yeah. a much better player than uh exum has shown to to date maybe there's time to go for him but obviously he's had all sorts of injuries and he can't shoot in a league that requires you to shoot and so this story is really just incredible. So let's see how it goes. But I wouldn't be worried about that right now. I'd be worried about uh, you know what what the Jazz are going to do with uh, if they should choose to use the exception. There's some players out there who can help you. That I I think that's a fact. There there are players out available today that are free agents. Not even worried about uh, trades. But there are players out there as we speak that can help this team win ball games next season.
0: Not as big and as splashy as the guys who are signing $100, $150, $200 million deals last night. But who have you got? Guys who are going to slide more into the two or three year deals, who are going to sign for 10 20 and 30000000 million. You're drooling when you say that. you got okay. somebody in mind. Take a fly on
2: Oladipo. Uh, uh, Schroeder, we already mentioned. Uh, Danny Green. He's got all sorts of experience. What's Reddick want to do? Is he done? He's thirty-seven. Uh, one of Joe's best buddies, Mills. Patty Mills is out there. Yeah, thirty-three years of age. Uh,
0: Tony Snell's played in this league. Exum, bring him back, encore. <laughs> I've already had people tweeting at us about the reunion. That. Team. They need an athletic wing. Just, How about Exum. Hey, if it was good enough for Booth, Gotch. <laughs> I did not expect Booth Gotch in this segment. It could be good but enough. I get your point. Or Dante Exum coming back home. How about a second trip around the sun? Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard would be the example. Maybe in the NBA, you can't go home again. But Dwight Howard went back to the Lakers. How about this? You want
2: some provide some offense at the center position? Your man, Ennis Canter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh boy, Darren Williams came back, and it's canner. Place your bets, people. Yeah, th- there's players out there that I-, I think so. You know, in the right situation, John Collins probably going to get way more than that.
0: Reggie Jackson, what's Reggie Jackson going to do? Ooh, intriguing. Yeah. This guy with some serious playoff experience, right? a guy under the radar but I've liked him Josh Hart The off the radar guys I mean they they pan out once in a while and and everyone's getting scouted and everyone's been scouted you get scouted as the, you know the college kid coming in and you get scouted again as a pro what kind of upside do they think you have and those guys who are under the radar are really intriguing because once you can only spend the veteran minimum that's kind of the group you gotta to go to so how do you have who do you have a good vibe about who do you have a good a good feel for is a really small world maybe you've got some kind of some kind of contact somebody you used to play for then coach them that kind of stuff I got a former teammate coaching them you got some insight into why they're poised to take a leap remember Kyle Guy for
2: Virginia played a little bit in the league Sacramento last year could shoot I mean, I'm just going through the list, throwing guys out there now up against the wall, basically. But I, I think there's players out there, and they obviously they need to decide what's going to happen with uh, Niang.
0: Their own free agent who's out there. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, we'll run all this past Eric Pincus, NBA capologist, writer for Bleacher Report, Basketball Insiders, and NBA TV. He's going to join us coming up at 9.30. We've got your reaction, people weighing in right now. Who's really helped themselves so far in free agency? And there's one team getting mentioned again and again. There's probably two different reasons that's happening. And we'll get to that next. Stay with us. The Big Show, the big show. with
1: Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
0: The general manager for the Utah Jazz, Justin Zanuck. Is it safe to say that you are going to make re-signing Mike Conley a priority?
1: Certainly, we value Mike and what he's meant to our team. Obviously, I can't comment on how things will roll out. However, we do have a plan in place. We love him. Each move that you guys see that comes out, whether it's a draft pick, a trade, a signing, I know there's this urge to have like a hot take, but evaluating those in a silo is tough. In a couple weeks, you look back and look at it in its entirety of what we needed to do and what we were able to execute on. I think the bigger picture becomes more clear. That picture is not completed yet. With a few more stages, we have to go here. We have a plan, and hopefully we'll get it done.
0: Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be. Full service, local agents, and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to sell. Who's helped themselves in free agency so far? Tao says the Lakers have made more moves than anyone. The Jazz need to be more aggressive or their window of opportunity is gone, if not already. Andre is just more to the point, Lakers.
2: Lakers had five guys, but are they better? Are they, well, they, you can argue that certainly that they're better, but are they good enough to win it all? That's the issue, not are they better.
0: How good are their top three? How healthy are their top three, number one, and then how good? That's what's really going to drive it. Not that guy seven can't make a play, because they can. It might be the perfect matchup for one team. But they're paying three guys $120 million. If the Lakers are going to be good enough to win a championship, those three guys are going to have to be healthy, and they have to play at a high level. Westbrook can't be out there going three for 21, and Have LeBron shooting daggers at him, staring him down.
2: I think the big message is that they
0: are putting all their chips in right now. Oh, absolutely. There is no future with 36-year-old Trevor Ariza or 36-year-old Dwight Howard. They signed Wayne Ellington Jr. He's 34.
2: Yeah. This is is the senior tour here. (laughs) I mean, they've got a lot. A veteran experience. There
0: there are two guys who've been rumored to be linked to there, and I don't know how it'll play out, but one is Carmelo Anthony. He's 37. And Patty Mills, you mentioned in the last segment, is 33. Yeah. Mills is a little too young. I think he needs a couple more years of seasoning before he's ready for this crowd. (laughs) I don't know why they would want anyone who isn't a 35 yet. J.J. Reddick's 37. They may think, yeah, J.J. They do need shooting.
2: Yeah, everybody needs shooting. It's like saying they do need pitching, basically. I like think everybody needs that. So, can you have enough? Particularly because you know you're going to have injuries. Every team has them, so you know you don't want to fall too far in standings. Uh, you know they they had to face uh, the team that went to the finals in the first round. You'd like a little bit of an easier match if you can get it. Uh, you don't want to go crazy though. You don't want to sell out for it, which I don't think they would. But at the same time, you don't want to be buried too far down in the standings. Uh, so I, I just don't have a feel for them as far as being uh, in the finals next June. If I had to bet right now,
0: I would say no. That's what you would say about everybody. You would take the field in the West versus any one team.
2: Yeah, but we're talking about the Lakers with the best player. Arguably of all time, certainly of his generation. So it's a
0: different story with those guys.
1: I get you, that. And everybody
0: guy else has multiple years. Yeah. Well, you were gone, Locke was on, and he was saying, you know, for most teams, it is what it is for the Bucks, You go in and you've got a 20% chance, or 25 or 30 or whatever percent chance of winning it, and then do things break your way. Certainly the Bucks caught some breaks because the Nets had injuries. Obviously, and you got to be two, two in a series and be able to pull it out. You got to be able to win that game seven against the Nets and game six against the Suns. They had things go their way. right but that doesn't apply but that's to LeBron. for everybody. But the thing for LeBron is everybody else has they think they have anyway, three, four, five chances. The Bucks got it in their third chance, right? They probably had a twenty percent chance two years ago was Locke's point. and they had a chance in a bubble. But this year it came together for him. But you can't say that for LeBron, and now that they're surrounded with these 36 or 37 year old guys i mean the, the future for these guys it, it is all about the 2022 championship yeah i mean he That's
2: went to it. the finals like 9 years in a row or something like that so it's did he have a 20% chance no
0: well no i think his Heat team was loaded <laughs> i think the heat and the the warriors every team teams he was on loaded. was loaded cuz he was on it i don't i don't think he, i don't think he had a better than 50% chance when he was in cleveland the second time i think but yet warriors he got it, it done he did it's a true story. So who cares what the percentage is as long as you get it yeah, done? As long as you win it. Yeah. And he's a special
2: guy, a special player. He has been for so long. So we look at them differently than we look at everybody else in the mix. I just don't see where that's a, an accurate
0: comparison. For him, it's about getting to the finals. How about I, for the Suns, though? Because Chris Paul is 36, and he made such a difference joining the team. Or all these other guys will have experience, and they'll go out and use that money and use that roster spot and get somebody good, and by then the rest of the team will be better so they can still be a championship contender. Maybe it's not the wait, wait, same thing. You're asking
2: me about next year,
0: now you jumped ahead to four? Well, the Suns. Are the Suns like the Lakers yeah, all in on next year? Yes. Or the Everybody's Suns all in on next year.
2: They're not planning for 22, 23. All these teams that believe they have a shot, they're in on for next season. Justin Zanuck already said that they're in on all-in. So, yes, there's several teams. Nuggets? What, you, well, why would you be? Because
0: they don't have Murray. That's the one. So I get jazz So there's just way, guys. We're not really all into it. So ready, break. I mean, who's going to say that? No, yeah, cool. Okay. You've been doing this a long time. You've had a lot of people tell yourself, and you nod because you know they have to say it, and you let them say but it, I don't and think then it's you different. go on and dig even deeper. I don't think it's different in the feeling
2: because he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming back do you check the injury
0: report <laughs> huh? i'll check the
2: dead report dnp slash dead god's decision so that was not a coaching decision i mean he's gonna come back so yes they would i would think they would be all in the time is now time is now for so many of these teams then that that is their the mindset. time now for
0: the nuggets and clippers really When you've got your top player, one of your top two players, (laughs) having ligament surgery, you got an injured knee. Okay, you got an injured knee. Chris Paul, they said,
2: had surgery on his. uh, What did he have it on his wrist or his shoulder? Here, I just saw it uh, last night. Uh, And but still, now uh, and
0: now, now really isn't till nine months from now. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, it's obviously it's a long way out, but we haven't really seen guys play 20 games at a high level and then jump into the playoffs and have success. That doesn't usually work. Fine, but at the same time... If it does it, one it, time, it's all we'll ever talk or about. Or you're playing so, a team
2: that has more injuries so you get a a, a, a series. Yeah. It's certainly the Bucks took advantage of the Nets being injured. There's no question about right. that. They took advantage, and the reason why I don't knock the Bucks is because I can go back through history. Team one, two, three, four, five, whatever took advantage of sure. that other team's injury. So think, why crack on the Bucks? It, it's just this is in our mind and it's high profile with but the, the Nets Raptors, guys.
0: The Raptors took advantage of on the Warriors' on. injury and Cleveland took advantage of the yeah. Warriors. But the Warriors took advantage of Cleveland's injuries. Right. So. My head's already spinning. Right. And we've yeah. only gone back five or six years and there's yeah. plenty more examples. So how do you know that the,
2: the the Nuggets face a team that's ravaged with injury and maybe they get a couple of breaks? Because you do you do have to have good breaks, there's no question about things have to go your way. They just they just have to. And and health, I think, is probably the foremost thing that has to break your way. And that's the nature of it. But it's not particular to basketball, really any sport at, at virtually any level, too, for that matter. And, at, at, you know, college and pro uh, in, in that way. So there you go. But all these teams are in the mix, and they're I think that's great. It's, as a consumer and a fan of the league, I want more teams all the way in. As many teams as I can get, for me, as a fan of watching NBA Hoop, makes it that much better, particularly here
0: locally. Obviously locally. So what's the number? What? Legit. And we're in the middle of free agency, and there could still be trades. Uh, four or five. Just speaking of the West, I'm just going west. Well, it's good because you got another two or three in the East, depending. Yeah, on how it I don't really worry more. about them. Right. Uh, see what they do. But the down Bucks, the line. we know the Bucks and Nets. And we'll give me, I, I
2: stand the opportunity to revise based on what I see out of the Warriors. That
0: would be a long jump back into it. But you can't completely rule it out. No, no. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Eric Pincus, NBA capologist, writer for Bleach Report. More on the NBA free agency and how this all stacks up going into next season at 930. Uh, PK brought this up earlier in the show, and we uh, we had Yak yelling at us to go to break. You are a taskmaster, Yak. Yeah, I like Lloyd up. better. He just stood there. Yeah, like, Lloyd just rolled with it. So, yeah, you guys are kind of late there. What we're we waiting for you to tell us to go to break. No, Lloyd, I you want to wake up at 4 a.m.? Let's we do were, this thing. We were like 10 minutes late going to break. No. Lloyd was just in Lloyd there. Lloyd never
2: did it. He had some schlub come in, and then Lloyd showed up about 8.30.
0: Yeah. Oh, Alex is filling in. Yeah. Alex did the heavy lifting. Lloyd just came sailing in later. And then there were no rules. It's like having your favorite uncle, you know, house sit while mom and dad are away on some trip. Substitute teacher. Oh, my gosh. It was ice cream for breakfast with Lloyd. That was awesome. He has zero rules. Well, I'm back. Mom's back. Let's do this. <laughs> Mom's back. And there's your broccoli. All right. When we come back, PK, you're going to have to lay it out, uh, a little frustration at BYU. For People, some, Yeah, Plural have brought this up with you. We will get to that next. Stay with us.